G'day and welcome to the Sea Creatures Podcast, a show all about the amazing animals that live beneath the waves. Each episode we chat about a specific sea creature with a guest who has spent time and interacted with this ocean animal. Our guests range from marine biologists to divers to underwater photographers, citizen scientists, and people that just have an intense passion for marine life. My name's Matt Testoni, and I'm all of the above. And joining me for this episode of the Sea Creatures Podcast is Shannon Hurley. And she's a nature campaigner, conservation speaker, and ocean explorer. And she works for the Victorian National Parks Association. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Hey, Matt. And hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on the show. So... When I was like, yeah, pick a sea creature, you know, you were kind of like, oh, and I was expecting you to pick like some kind of weird underwater creature that's found locally that you like work with. And then you said hammerhead shark. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Yes, let's do one of the big ones. So why hammerhead sharks? Oh, they are just, there's actually a bit of a story behind hammerheads, Matt, in in that hammerheads, as well as just being totally awesome creatures you know like sharks have always had a bit of a love for me given that they're you know one of the oldest vertebrate creatures on the planet and just how prehistoric they are they've been around longer than the dinosaurs and so I guess my my fascination with hammerhead started from sharks in general but more recently when over the last couple of years when I was Let's just go straight into it, right? And so when I was faced with, so I worked my way up to a scuba diving instructor because I just loved the underwater world so much and I really wanted to teach other people and show that to other people. Um, but one day while scuba diving, I was faced with some anxiety underwater, which came out of nowhere. And I'd never faced anxiety before in my life. And I thought that my thing that I love to do most in the world of scuba diving could actually be just taken away and I wouldn't be able to do it anymore but there was one experience I was yet to have and that was to swim with hundreds of the hammerheads in the Galapagos Island it was just since I was you know for years and years it had been the one thing that I'd wanted to do just to be there and just to see hundreds of them all in one eye shot and so I decided that that was the the next thing I had to do I had to face the the fears that were coming up and just get in that water with them if it was going to be the know the one thing I had to experience and I went and did that and just to be present with those hammerheads in the water and so close like having a big female swim just above my head almost giving me a new haircut and just to see schools of them gliding into the current and to have been I guess witness to the media around sharks and you know particularly great whites but lots of other species too hammerheads probably included in that that sort of fear mongering that they're they're only fear they're only dangerous and then to be in the water with them and to see them so close and for them to be so because scalloped hammerheads particularly can be very sensitive creatures and really sensitive to our movements and our bubbles and we're underwater and almost get really frightened when we are close to them but to see them in a different light and to see how sensitive they could actually be which was much different to that fear and um, that sort of you know human um, they're only out to get us type genre they're often put into to see those in that light and to see how spooked they actually could be from our presence really just turn that all around for me and just to be in awe of these beautiful creatures I just can't even put that into words but getting back to my my story about the fear 
like being with those hammerheads actually gave me the confidence and the courage to transform that fear that I had of scuba diving to be like, hang on a second, I've got this. I can continue to scuba dive. And it was so, in a way, the hammerheads have been a bit of a symbol for my own courage to get out there and to do what I love to do in the world again and not be frightened by some things that often pop up in our lives. So that's the story behind the hammerheads. Wow, that's so cool to have an ocean animal that kind of has like changed your life in a bit of a way. My only experience with hammerheads is kind of more of a funny one. I like jumped off the boat and I'd been looking for hammerheads for so long and um, I didn't get to swim with a school of a hundred, but I did manage to find like five of them together and I kicked as hard as I could. And I was like, this is my chance to see a hammerhead, to get a photo of a hammerhead. And I was at like 40 meters and I just got a little bit of narcosis, which is when you dive, as you know, which is when you dive really deep, yeah, you lose a bit of brain function. And so instead of taking any photos of these hammerheads, the only time I got to see them, I took two one second videos, which are totally useless because I was just pressing all the different buttons on the camera because I was way too excited. And I wasn't looking at what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, there's just hammerheads. And um, yeah, so I kind of understand a fraction of what you're talking about with like swimming at the hundred and having that feeling. So explain to us, like, if you're, if you don't really know what a hammerhead shark is, like explain and describe a hammerhead shark for us. Mm, so well, hammerheads really do like get their name from their head is like the, the top of a hammer. And so they often get the name also wing head as well. And so like, so wings. And so even if you can imagine the wings on an aeroplane, that's essentially kind of what a hammerhead head look like and it's what we call a cephalofoil and they're just these weird looking like if you weren't familiar with a hammerhead and saw it for the first time I'm even just trying to remember for me when I saw a hammerhead for the first time it was definitely the head which is what grabbed my attention because they're unlike any other shark really it's like they have a normal sort of shark sort of body with the the long slender body with the with the tail and then actually this is a really hard question how do you even describe (laughs) i usually um i usually use something like the hammer example or like previously i've used a pancake to describe a fish but i guess yeah it's kind of like a big hammer slash like plow on the front of a car or a bumper i kind of feel like yeah with yeah definitely yes that's what i love that one it's like a bumper of a car that where the bumper actually goes out much wider than what the car body does <laughs> and so like they're fascinating creatures and one of the the reasons why i was drawn to them is that they've got this incredible so many hammerheads can be quite sensitive right but then they've got this incredible power and this incredible sense of smell and which is what they help to to sense their prey and to find and locate prey and because of the shape of their their wings on their heads they actually have a lot more of these kind of little electroreceptors on their heads because of that they have a lot more than what other sharks do they're able to smell out and locate their prey a lot more than what other sharks could and also because of their wing shaped they're actually able to really turn like really really fast than a lot of other shark species so that's just a couple of things that I find really fascinating about the hammerheads. So the hammerheads have this like extra wide head, as we were saying, and they've got all these kind of electroreceptor cells. So what are they hunting with this extra large head and extra sensitivity? Mm-hmm. Mm. So the hammerheads are hunting 
like different species will have you know different affiliations for different food but some really common items include rays and jellyfish mm -hmm. and and other bony fish as well they are very they definitely don't wait for the food to come to them they are sort of hunters and predators and they will definitely go chasing the food um, where they can find it and they and they do love their food and they do like to eat a lot of food probably like many of us you could say <laughs> oh, and so one one crazy thing that I was doing a bit of research on them and I did not expect to find this bit of information relating to food is that they actually eat seagrass as well. Have you come across, have you heard that? No, I have not. Oh, you can educate me now. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, you know, like it might not seem like a crazy fact, but like sharks are predators. So sharks are only meant to eat, you know, other fish and other animals, but yeah, they've actually documented a few shark species, a few hammerhead shark species eating seagrass. And I think they actually did an experiment where they had like 90% of the diet of seagrass and the shark continued to gain weight and grow. Sharks can be vegetarians too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was just amazing. I was like, now that is a crazy adaption to be able to be like, oh, there's no fish around. I'll just eat seagrass. And I think they've actually got the enzymes and stuff in their stomach to help break it down, which is obviously why the experiment worked, but pretty amazing. Wow, that's incredible. I, like I've definitely heard how the presence or absence of sharks can control populations of seagrass, for example, uh, because, you know, the sharks themselves control the other things that eat the seagrass. But yeah, I've never heard directly that, that hammerheads are, are eating the seagrass. So that's amazing. There's just so many things that we just don't know and we're continually learning about these species, which... It's one of the other things I just find so fascinating about sharks is there's so much more to learn about them out there. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're so unknown, I guess, because they do live so deep and like, yeah, they're hard to study. Have you got any cool facts about hammerheads or what do you think the coolest part about the hammerhead is? Oh, so many. One of my, one of my favourites is that they've actually got one of the largest brain to body ratios out of any shark and so one of the things I've been doing a bit more reading about lately is the fact that all sharks actually have different shapes and size brains and this is directly relevant to maybe where you find those sharks so how deep they are how shallow they are and what is really fascinating is about so sharks for example like deep water species that might rely more on smell uh, rather than eyesight because the light levels might be much lower there they'll obviously have bigger parts of the brain which is reliant on the smell which is the, the usually the front part of their brain but yeah hammerheads really sort of they use a lot of their different senses in in different ways but they've actually got one of the largest body to brain ratios so uh, i find that really fascinating wow so they're kind of like the smarty pants of the uh, shark world <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> Oh, I'd love to see that like reflected in like a movie like Finding Nemo or something, you know, just like having the hammerhead as the smart one is the, and then the bull sharks as the silly ones or something. That, that could be a Nemo 3 coming up. <laughs> yeah, veg and because it could be vegetarian, just like in Finding Nemo, how they're like fish are friends. It could be like, we'll just eat seagrass. It's a science fact. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And so you dived with them in the Galapagos. We, you were talking a bit earlier about what it's like and the feeling, but like, was there any like crazy behavior you saw or like when you dive down, you were like, whoa, I didn't expect to see that. Or describe the experience a bit more from like you're diving under there and like, what do you see first and how deep are you? And 
Sure. So we had to swim down really, really fast because the current was quite strong and we had to settle in about 30 metres of water. And we're, there was about eight of us all clinging to the rock walls, just like clinging there and waiting for the hammerheads to come out of the blue. And it took, it felt like an hour, but it probably only was about five or 10 minutes, but they made us wait for <laughs> so long for them to come out. And we were just like waiting there in anticipation. And this was our first dive with them. We were just like waiting and waiting and like, come on guys, where are you? And then all of a sudden one comes and then like two and then tens of them and then 20 of them all come out from like, you know, sort of the visibility was probably about, you know, 15, 20 metres or something. And then you could just slowly start to see them come out from the distance and then get closer and closer. And they most of them did maintain a distance of sort of, you know, three, four metres. But occasionally one would, I remember this one time when I was like distracted by something small moving on me on the reef. And I didn't, I looked away and then all of a sudden I looked back up and this female had just like skimmed the top of my head like she was so close I could basically like reach out and hug her and um and I was like oh I wish I had just turned around and had my GoPro facing her as she was coming directly for me but I never got that opportunity ever again but just seeing them in these schools and they're they were all like mostly females quite regularly these these females all hang out in schools together and they're sort of, I think there is a lot of unknown still, but um, some theories that they actually do that to protect themselves from males who might be trying to, to mate with them. Um, but one of the most like fascinating behaviours I saw was like all of a sudden they'd just be gliding really eloquently into the current and all of a sudden you'd see one just do this really shaky kind of motion all of a sudden and for those of you who might not be able to see me do this but you're just hearing just imagine yourself sitting there and just all of a sudden getting the shakes and like shaking off like it's like you've got some sort of worm or something or dirt like landing on you and you just want to like shake it off and that's what they would do and you know there's been some theories are suggesting that they do this to rid themselves of parasites or um it's like a communication tool or it could even be to sort of a you know sort of communicate to other members of the school as well but hands down it was one of my probably one of the best encounters i've had with sharks and just to be you know from sitting on the reef to then venturing out into the blue water where you can just see them in the distance and they're behind you above you and it's just not once did I feel afraid just the beauty of them overruled any kind of fear that you could have in that moment and just appreciate them for the way they are wow I mean even when you're like oh it's only you know they're only like three or four they're three or four meters away I'm like that is very close for a huge animal and I love how, like, as, like, you turn around to look at something else, I feel like sharks know it. And if you had, if you'd been looking, you wouldn't have gone that close. But because you weren't, they're like, oh, I'm going to come in and have a closer look at what this is. Yeah, I, I definitely think that was right. Because, you know, you know, we, we hear how sharks have got this amazing ability to be able to, you know, pick up the electromagnetic, like, fields and, you know, from other fish and things like that, right? And when another fish is in distress or... Um, you know, they can sense those um, those waves. And so it was probably in that moment where it could really sense that I was really calm. And, you know, definitely when I was looking at something, I wasn't looking at the sharks. You know, I definitely was a lot more calmer. And so it probably did really sense that calmness. And that's, yeah, exactly probably why it came closer to me. If people want to have a similar experience, like where should they go? I know you were talking about the Galapagos, but like, 
where in the Galapagos or how in the Galapagos should they dive with them? And what do you need to be as a diver and how do you need to be prepared? Because I know they're pretty deep. What do you need to prepare to see them? Yeah, so I would highly recommend anyone to travel to the Galapagos Islands, which is off the coast of Ecuador. It is a very, I would say, a very luxurious experience because, you know, you're on a, a liveaboard boat away from land for about seven days and you're living on this boat. For that experience, it was, yeah, one of the best things I've done in my life. But you do have to be an advanced scuba diver to, to do that because of the depths that you do go to to see them of you know about about 30 meters so for anyone that out there that might be an advanced scuba diver already and you have saved up your pennies i would highly recommend to go and do the experience because it's not only the hammerheads there mantas and whale sharks and sunfish and like so many amazing things to see there but you know that might not be an option for everyone to go and do that and there is somewhere which i have not seen them here in australia yet but definitely, you, oh, oh my gosh, I have. I have seen one in the Great Barrier Reef. I've just remembered. That was one of my first experiences with sharks, actually. <laughs> but there is somewhere, so Southwest Rocks, which is off the coast of, so just north of Sydney, a few hours drive, there is, yeah, this beautiful dive site called Southwest Rocks. And whilst it is very well known for grey nurse sharks and, and the cave there, in the summertime is very, well, quite common to see schools of hammerheads coming there. And actually, Matt, I think you have had the chance to see hammerheads there, right? No, unfortunately. I know a lot of my friends have seen them there. I've never managed to, like, yeah, see one there. I think I've seen a mako shark there. A mako shark came real close and flew right past me. I have seen a hammerhead on the barrier reef, but only from the surface. So going along on a, on a boat and you look down, there's this huge fin. Yeah. And, and I spoke to a, um, the guy I was with on the boat. He was like, yeah, I was in two meters of water and I came head to head with one by accident one day. And it was amazing. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Um, but what I should say for the Southwest Rocks location is you don't have to be advanced. You can be open water diver. And that's, you know, really easy to get to where it's a flight to Sydney and then a drive or, yeah, definitely a lot easier than the Galapagos. But one thing I did forget to mention, particularly with the Galapagos, I've got friends that recently went there over the last few months and, um, and they saw them just snorkeling from the surface and were able to duck dive down and have some amazing encounters with them as well. So it's definitely, definitely possible. Wow, that's just awesome. So if you can, the Galapagos is amazing but if you can't southwest rocks is also a possibility i know i'm going to continue to try and see them at southwest rocks well that kind of brings us to the end of our hammerhead shark episode thanks shannon for being on if anyone wants to find out more about what you do and the vnpa and you as a conservation speaker where should they go yeah, so uh, there's a couple of websites you could check out. My own personal one, uh, which is where I really endeavour to spread the word about the importance of, of not only shark conservation, but what we can all do in our daily lives to protect sharks and, and what, what more there is to discover about sharks, particularly for those who might fear them, realising that there are a lot, whole lot more to fear and the importance of, from the story I was saying earlier about the importance of facing our fears in life and, and what sharks can process to help us along there for those of you that do have a fear of sharks. So that website there is uh, howtogiveafish.com and uh, you can see a lot of, yeah, my contact details and if 
you're interested in having a, a speaker at your upcoming event or for your organization, whatever that might be, and come and talk about fear and sharks. It's one of my things I love to talk about the most. Uh, but also I work for the Victoria National Parks Association and we do a lot of work in the advocacy space for to protect the Victorian marine and coastal environment. And so definitely check out vnpa.org.au and um, that's some of the work that we're doing as well. Sea Creatures Podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by myself, Matt Testoni. You can see more of my photography on Instagram, Matt underscore Testoni underscore photography, and my webpage, mtundawatermedia.com. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and visit our Patreon account, patreon.com slash Podcast. Production assistance by George McGrath, and music by Dan Musil, and he's magically sounding slide guitar. Tune in next time to hear all about the Weedy Sea Dragon with Cade Mills. This has been the Secrets Podcast. Over and out.